Hey, Chad here, co-host of The Hillbilly and the Hipster. And I want to let you know that this episode's been brought to you today from the makers at St. Galgano Armory. And I encourage you to visit their Etsy store to order blacksmith merchandise. And you can do that by going to etsy.com slash shop slash St. Galgano Armory. And Galgano spelled G-A-L-G-A-N-O. And a portion of all proceeds are donated to St. Stephen's Cathedral in Owensboro, Kentucky. And I want to let you know that if you use the code HILLBILLY at checkout, you'll receive 10% off. And this is some great veteran-forged, made-in-America stuff. I mean, I'm really looking to order myself a couple of these bottle openers and rebar and railroad spikes. So check them out. Again, it's etsy.com slash shop slash St. Galgano Armory. And if you use the code HILLBILLY at checkout, you'll sub yourself 10%. Welcome to the Hillbilly and the Hipster. My name is Chad McCool, and joined, as always, is my brother from another mother, Andy Crow. What's up, Hillbilly? What's going on, big man? How are you? I'm doing all right. How are you? I am doing well. It's been a good day for the most part. Uh, I've got a I got a little one who's down. He's 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 sick. Got the crud. So that's that's really the only downfall of the day. But it's been a it's been a good day overall. Yeah, me too. I mean, church went well today as as we're recording this. It's it's you know after all, church and I preached on Daniel three today, so it was a good day. I spent a I spent a couple of days in a a place called Elk City, Oklahoma. Shout and, out! Uh, shout out to First Baptist Church of Elk City is a wonderful place, incredibly hospitable, and uh, they held a North American Mission Board Revive Summit where. Heard some really good preaching from Mark Clifton and and Richard Blackaby and a couple of other guys. And it was just incredibly, um, just incredibly uplifting. And it just was a good time. So I really appreciated that. Well, good. Yeah, no, I I was glad you got to go. It seemed like it was pretty uplifting. And, uh, you know, just listening to you talk, there was some jealousy on my end. (laughs) I I was there. But, you know, that'll happen at some point. And we would have recorded this earlier had I not left the conference when it ended and went to Rib Crib. So shout out Rib Crib and ate a pig man, a sandwich called a pig man, which was brisket, pulled pork and sausage and uh, collectively passed out. But brisket is beef. I know. It's still is mainly pig on the sandwich. I didn't name the sandwich. I'm not mad about it. Like I devour that thing. I need food. But uh, I'm <laughs> I, poor. Poor naming choice, Rib Crib. Come, you do better. Is more pork than beef, but <laughs> big cow, or, you know. What was that really bad Nickelodeon cartoon from when I was a kid? Cat dog. Cat dog. That was a fun cartoon. Cat dog. It was disturbing, but it was fun. So disturbing. But now all I see in my head when you said Pigman was cat dog running around. Well, all I think about Pigman is I think of the Seinfeld episode where Kramer is swears he saw a pigman in the hospital and was running around trying to find him. 
Let me. Can we talk about Kramer for a second? Sure. So he he's by far my favorite character in Seinfeld. Um, and so we have a new guy who is he last week was his first week at the academy. Um, and so first week is virtual. So he'd come in every day and he'd sit in his office on eight hours worth of Zoom calls. Nice. Um, yeah, those are brutal. I kept telling him like this and getting pepper sprayed are going to be the worst parts of Academy. Other than that, you know, just drink it in, shoot some guns, you'll be fine. Um, but about three times a day, I would bust into his office like Kramer would Jerry's. <laughs> and couldn't react. Yeah. And I mean, if he would laugh or anything, they would know that something was going on. And sure. Both- well, and so I like three or four times a day. And I mean, he'd jump a couple inches out of a seat every time. But he finally got me because Thursday they got out early and he left early. And I didn't realize he left early. And I went to his door and with all 375 pounds of Andy's body weight, just slammed into his door thinking it was going to open. And it did not open. <laughs> the fact that the door is still standing is only a miracle. <clears throat> See, this works better if you hit the floor. If you just bounce off the door and hit the floor, that, that'd that want to see a video. If I hit the floor, like, I'm not coming up. Like, I'm just down for a while. But, yeah, so I, I you know, I played the role of Kramer all week, just busting in. That's nice. my favorite thing to do now. I told him when he got back in four weeks that uh, – I'm going to continue to do that. It's going to be your new shtick. It's going to be my new thing at work. Just busting into people's office with the craziest look on my face. Nice. Well, Andy, I know you can see something, but I want you to listen to something. I enjoy listening. You hear that? Yeah. Oh, that is me top popping the top of my Topo Chico with my St. Galgano Armory rebar bottle opener. So, Andy, we got to do some business because we are men of business. We are. We are businessmen. So, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages, this podcast is brought to you today from the makers of St. Galgano's Armory. Visit their Etsy store and order blacksmith merchandise. A portion of all of the proceeds are donated to St. Stephen's Cathedral in Owensboro. And you, the listener of this fine podcast can save 10% on all purchases by entering the code hillbilly at checkout. And you can... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say that you can visit their shop at etsy.com slash shop slash St. Galgano Armory. And that's G-A-L-G-A-N-O. And I got to tell you, I'm holding this bottle opener in my hand. It's it's weighted nice. It's never failed me. And, you know, probably the half a dozen times or so I've used it since I've gotten it. I, I, I really love it. It's uh So, yeah, I, I got uh, I got two of them for myself. I got one of each that he's got. Um, love them. I also got a set of hooks for my my wall at the office. So once I cha- I'm changing offices. So once I get into my new office, I'm going to hang those up. But they are they look good. He does. Oh, yeah. He does good work. I've got a set of hooks in my office at the church and uh, you know, I love them. They they look really good. It's a good conversation piece, but they look good at the same time. Yep. Uh, Once he, once he gets fully recovered, he said he's just going to go to town on making 
some different things. So soon there'll be some some new things on on the website that you can check out. Uh, I'm still looking forward to getting the opportunity to go over and forge my own knife um, there at his at his little little shop. Uh, so it'll probably be the most manly thing I've done uh, since going to the shooting range and shooting. So. Um, I, you know, when I told my wife about it, she goes, is that something you do? And I go, it is now. It is and now. That's right. Osterone is pumping and I'm ready for war. Let's do this. So check out St. Galgano Armory. Again, it's etsy.com slash shop slash St. Galgano Armory for this really nice, really great um, American Forge blacksmith merchandise. It's veteran owned. It's just it's some wonderful stuff. So check them out. And again, if you use the code Hillbilly at checkout, you'll save yourself a little cash. And just a reminder, 10% of uh, of every purchase goes back into the community here. That's right. Doing, doing good things in the community, really making a difference. Um, so yeah, check them out. Leave a review if you have questions for him. Uh, he is starting some social media pages, so we'll be plugging that in the next week or two. Um, but until then, you can hit us up on all of our uh, social media platforms, which right now is just all of ours. You mean just Twitter? Just Twitter. Uh, I'm going to be starting an Instagram soon. We'll have that. We'll post some pictures there of of our goofiness from near and far. So, but it'll be a it'll be a good time. Well, Andy, we're uh, we're going to wrap up the five solas today. Isn't that right, brother? Yeah, this is week five of the five solas, and uh, it is Solo de Gloria. Solo de Gloria, which means um, it basically just it emphasizes the glory of God. Um, it's really what it means is that the to give all the glory to God, which really encompasses the other four. Right, everything that the other four is doing leads to the glorification of the Father. Right, and and to Him, right, the it's to the glory of God alone, to God and God alone. You know, and I think about uh, what Paul writes when I think about this. Right, I, I think about you know it, it shouldn't be our own interest, right? We shouldn't try to do things, even in church life, to to please the church, to please church leaders. Um, you know, to for our own glory, right? It's really um, our goal, like our our life goal for each and every one of us as believers should be to glorify the Lord. And I think about what Paul wrote in First Corinthians ten thirty one, where he writes, you know, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Um, everything we do should be to the glory of God. Absolutely. And then let's let's go back. Let's go old school. Let's go Old Testament. Look in Isaiah. In Isaiah 60, verse 1, he says, He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by his wor- word of his, pa- of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the, ma- of the majesty on high. Like, just... That no, I'm sorry, I was wrong. That was Hebrews one three. Look yeah, at that. Isaac, I got that's it. that's not the old testament. I was gonna wait. 
That is Hebrew. See, this is what happens when I take notes. I can't read my, you know, I put it in the wrong spot, but that is Hebrews 1-3. Uh, Isaiah 60, verse 1 says, Arise, shine, for the light has come, and the glory of God has risen upon you. And really what I wanted to get to with that verse, and we'll come back to Hebrews in a second now that I've stuck my foot in my mouth. Um, youth pastor, don't judge me. Um, but when it comes to the Isaiah verse, the glory of God has risen upon you, uh, that his light has come. Like if you go out in the morning, right, and, and, and you watch the sunrise and as the sun touches everything, all of that creation is the glory of God, right? Like it says in the Bible that if we did not praise him, that the very rocks would cry out mm -hmm. to bring the glory to God. So regardless whether or not we want to admit it, like if we don't, the rocks will. Amen. Like all creation bows at his feet because he he is the one that that deserves that honor and that glory. Well, I think when you go back to the, the reformers, right, they, they spoke of our salvation as to the glory of God alone. They they used the soul of when they talked about our salvation and they they emphasized God's grace. And we talked about this throughout this series, right? That salvation is 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 all a grace, not a works. Right? You see that in Ephesians 2, 8 through 9. And and the key phrase in Ephesians 2, verse 9 is that so no one can boast. And because that's Right, God's grace in providing our salvation, God's grace in providing salvation, well, it, it removes all our humanness, right? It removes all pride, all boasting. And, and in making his case for justica justification by faith, apart from the law, right? Paul writes in Romans 3, can we boast then that we have done anything to be accepted by God? No, because our acquittal is not based on obeying the law. It is based on faith. Um, there's no room, there's no room for us, right? There's no room for the glory of man in God's plan for salvation. The glory is God's alone. No, because if you look at the glory of man versus the glory of God, one, it's comical. Uh, but uh, scripture says like our best, the best that we can bring is like a filthy rag. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I, I remember as a kid, like trying to just picture that in my head because I'm very much uh, a visual person, uh, much to the chagrin of my 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 co-host here. Like I am a prop guy. If I can use a prop in a sermon, I will. No, there are no props in the pulpit. No props in the pulpit. Well, maybe not when you're there, but you, I, I tell you what, Chad, next time I'm out in Colorado, you're uh, uh, you're gonna let me preach at your church, and I'm bringing props. We'll see. You'll have to be vetted. I can get behind. Anyway, where where, where was I going with this? Something about props. You're a visual yeah. guy. You're a visual learner. Visual guy. So I'm like filthy rags, and so I don't know what you think of when you think of filthy rags, um, but I. I, as even as a child, did not like getting my hands dirty, right? I was very, it bothered me, with the exception of playing baseball. I never really liked to be dirty um, from the age of like seven on. Oh, I hate when my hands are dirty or sticky. Sticky's the worst. Now, before seven, I didn't care because I was out riding my bike and it was like, whatever happened, happened. But something happened about seven, eight years old 
think it was my sister being born and my mom was like, you can't touch the baby if you're dirty. Anyway, so I, you know, when I thought of this, I was trying to think of like, are we talking a dish towel? But I don't think dish towels are actually that filthy. Like they're dirty and they're grimy and they need to be washed, but they're not filthy. So what I think about is like a white towel, like, and a mechanic, right? When he goes to wipe the grease off his hands and he takes that really like pure white towel and he wipes his hands mm -hmm. down and it's just black. So, so I'm old and I don't know if you've ever seen these things, but they were, they were old when I was a kid and, and occasionally you'll see them pop up. It's in men's rooms, the towels to dry your hand, but it was a cloth towel that just basically fed, you know, it was dirty and you pull the clean part down, but it wasn't like you each got a sheet. It just rolled itself back into, back saw, into the, the, to the container and they were filthy. I saw one of those in a truck stop in like Nashville one time. Yeah. Tracks. Yeah, they they were filthy. I I think it were grave clothes. When I hear you know the filthy rags, right? When I think about us in our grave clothes, like they're filthy, they're stinking. You know, they're it's all the stuff that they're comfortable, right? Because they're dirty and they fit well. But I think those filthy rags, it's just there's nothing, there's nothing redeeming about them at all. Yeah. Like they're beyond. Like a bottle of Clorox isn't cleaning that stuff. No, it's not even really killing all the germs on it, if we're if we're honest. And so, but that's that's where my head goes when you know when I'm told that our best is that compared to the the absolute awesomeness of the power of God. Like, and I and I so there are some people in today's society that'll be like, why would you worship a God who's that cruel and mean to say that your best is really crap? Well, here's the thing. Like, I don't think God is saying that to be mean or, or hurtful. It's just the fact that it's true, right? But, and if you stop there, sure, but there's more to that story, right? Because, yeah, I can bring my filthy rags the best that I am, and I can lay that at his feet, and he can kind of look at it and be like, I love you anyway, right? Let me let, let me cover this for you. Let me let me let me wash you whiter than snow. Right? And then all Amen. of a sudden we're purified. And now our filthy rag, like we should want to get away from that and realize that it doesn't matter what I can do. What matters is what I can do through Christ. And, it, and, and I, go ahead, sorry. No, and I was I was gonna go to another set of verses. Go ahead. Um, and I think like what I can do through Christ, like we, how do we know what we need to be doing? How do we know where we need to be going? Like, what is our roadmap? And our, our roadmap is inevitably the Bible, right? Um, you know, we've joked about some issues people have with the Bible that, that, that have talked to us in the last couple months um, off air. But realistically, like when we're trying to, to figure out that roadmap and how do we get from these filthy rags to this, this purified soul that we can get? And it's to come to Christ, but then we have to learn about Christ and we have to learn what it is Christ expects and what we should expect from our brothers and sisters. And we do that by diving into scripture. And so if you look at 2 Timothy 3.16, it says all scripture is breathed out by God 
and it's profit profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God uh, may be complete, equipped for every good work. So all the scripture that we read is good for training, it's good for teaching, it's good for rebuking. If I'm doing something that is wrong, you know, I would expect you as, as not only a brother in Christ, but my best friend to be like, yo, Andy, you, you got to stop and here's why, right? Scripture is used for that. It's used for let's, let's, we need to be going this way. Let's stop zigging and let's start zagging. And, and inevitably, ev all the scriptures that we read that teach us everything we need to know about Jesus and God and our roadmap, all of that inevitably is to bring glory to God. Amen. You know, I think so many times we just do lip service, right? And it always, you know, comes up, you think of a church service, you know, if, if, if you even have, you know, an offertory and somebody prays and, and, you know, they'll always, they'll always say something like in a paraphrase that, you know, all, all good gifts from all good gifts come from God. And, and the truth is right. All things come from God. Right. Everything comes from God. It's not just, you know, the things that we want to count that we see as good for us in the moment, like everything comes from God. And, and those things are from him and, and he's the source They're through him as, as their means, right. He's their means as they come through him. They are, they are to him as, as, as their end. They are from him in the, through his plan, right? They're they're from him in his plan. They're through him in the working and to him in the glory they produce, right? So if we think about that, we should, it should be our desire and our goal to bring glory to him in, in everything, right? That should be our first thing in our heart. Like it should be our desire and glory to bring, or it should be our desire to bring glory to him uh, in all things. And and I do think that where we fail, right? If we really want to glorify God, I, I think we do a lot of this with lip service. You know, in our prayer, we're like, oh, go, you know, God, all glory goes to you, right? And and you know, for whatever for whatever it is, I think we just pay him lip service, and we, you know, when we know that lip service just doesn't last, it dies away in the wind. Um, but with if we truly glorify God in our daily lives, right? Then we're looking at them. We're looking at glory through, not just through the good stuff or what we perceive as a good stuff, right? That we, we need to be praising him um, through our patience and pain, right? We, we need to give glory to him through our, our perseverance and in, in the things we do in, in our generosity um, by our boldness and our testimony, right? By our, our, you know, to use a church and ease word, right? Our consecration to his work. Um, not only just praising him in worship services on Sunday or when, you know, we, we see fit because it's benefited us in that moment. Right. But, but we need to praise him every day by, by doing everything for him in, in a manner in which, you know, in a manner in which that pleases him and goes according to the manner in which he has been pleased to bless us. Yeah. And so we talked about that a little bit 
uh, in church this morning, both in my Sunday school class and in, in the service, um, and, you know, we talk about, you know, bringing glory to God and, and our worship of God. And there's a miss, I can't think, I want to say the misconcept, and it is a misconcept, but it's not the right word, a misunderstanding, which I guess is a misconcept. There's a bigger word that I want to use, but I'm not smart enough to know it. But anyway, I digress. So, you know, when you think of a church service, um, and we're there to to honor and glorify God, obviously, but there are two, we want to divide that up into two parts. A worship service, which is what? And most of the time when you think of a worship service. Me or the culture? Culture. Culture thinks it's the music. Right. The, there's the worship, time of worship, which is which is the music, and then there's the time of preaching. Because they we, fail that what worship by itself is a response. So it's right. all worship. It's worship is just our response to what God's put before us. And that's what I was that's what I'm about to say. Like, sure, like I can worship God through song. I'm I don't have a great voice, but I sure love to sing. Right. Um, and so in that that music portion, I definitely I'm worshiping. You know, I'll have my hand raised, um, I'll be praying to myself. Um, through the song and and God love him our our worship pastor that we have uh, at Macedonia here in in the borough like I, he is top-notch grade a one of the best worship pastors uh, I've ever had the uh, the opportunity to meet and to 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 sit under um, does a, a fabulous job um, but the misconception, that's the word it finally came to. Me. Misconception, like, sure. Misconception that we have is, okay, so when the music's done, we're done worshiping. We're just going to listen to, in my case, I'm just going to listen to Pastor Connor talk for 30, 45 minutes and, right. and you know, kind of watch the, the person in front of me not off from time to time. And if you do an offertory, that's an act of worship. Absolutely. You know, and, and, and that's why the one thing, and the one thing, that we miss in worship is scripture. Mm -hmm. In the, your average church service, there's not a lot of scripture reading, and and scripture should be right. Jesus should be the, the the center of it all, and so it should be scripture, prayer, the music. Sure, you know, but the music. So I'm I don't know we I don't know if we've ever discussed this right. I, I I'm not a huge fan of praise teams. Like I would much rather see congregational singing, like to hear the congregation sing, because again, worship is a response to what to what God, you know, it's a time to recharge, sure. But I think without if you're just sitting there watching a group of someone or a group of people perform a song, you're not responding. You're not engaged. You're you're at a concert. I can tell you one of my favorite parts of the certain for and I'm an introvert, keep in mind. Uh both me and my wife are introverted now. Doctor wife. I, I I don't know that introverted is a strong enough word. No, she's an introvert. You're a liar. No, no, sir. Well <laughs> I'm probably the most extroverted introvert you'll ever be. You're a, you're a no she's a true introvert and you're a noisy introvert. I am. But she like if I, I swear if she never had to leave the house, she wouldn't. Yeah. 
there are days that while we were dating and most of the time we dated, I lived in Florida and she lived in Kentucky and I would call her like Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon when I would get off work from Disney world. And I'd be like, Hey dear, what are you doing? And, and she would sound sick. And I'd be like, what's wrong? Are you okay? Are you sick? And she'd be like, no, this is the first time I've spoken since I woke up. Yeah. Actually, it's two o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. What time did you get up? 6 a.m. And then she, and now me, I wake up, I could be the only person here and me and Cedar are having a full-blown conversation. Yeah, I'm talking to myself. I'm talking to myself. I'm talking to the dog. I'm talking to the, you know, the wind that moved the curtain. So I think there's somebody here that's going to kill me. Like me and my murderer are about to have a conversation. All of that. Now, where was I going? Oh, my favorite part of the show. I get on way too many rants and I'm sorry. Uh, but my one of my favorite parts of the service is pre-service, right after service, and the shake, hug, and howdy time if your church uh, does a shake, hug, and howdy time. Now, a lot of people have gone away from the shake, hug, and howdy. Uh, I personally love it because that in itself is an act of worship as well, that that loving your your neighbor, that loving on your church family, that getting to that fellowship time is 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 an unbelievable act of worship i think um tonight so we have these this thing we, we're, we're calling small groups or life groups maybe it's life we're having life groups and we'll eventually break them up even smaller but we have a big meal together sure that's good i'm still relatively new to to this church and so you know i'm still getting to know people and so i sat with this 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 older couple that happens to be in my sunday school class and uh, and getting to know them a little bit. And they were actually the first people I'd ever spoke to when we came to Sunday, started going to Sunday school. Um, but just spent time talking and getting to know their past and letting them get to know who I am and my past and uh, that deeper connection, which is what we need, right? But that that time of fellowship all comes back because now that that I'm a little more comfortable with, with Bill and Vicky, um, and they're a little more comfortable with Andy. Well, they've they've seen you split your pants, so no, no, I don't know that they they weren't in my life group. And I'm, when I tell you, I hoofed it out on the night of the pants splitting. I don't, I don't think anybody noticed. <laughs> Somebody decided to tweet the picture. You jerk! Um, <laughs> it's for the show, know. man. Everything's for the show. But hey, whatever. But I do think that act of of fellowship leads to worship because now that we're more comfortable with each other, our our guard comes down. So let me ask you this, because I I mean this is gonna be a little bit of a rabbit trail, but it's been it's some concepts that I've been wrestling with for, for a little while now. And and I, I don't know how much of a rabbit trail is because I do think right ultimately worship should follow sola deo gloria. Right. It, worship is that response, but all glory should be to God. There shouldn't be look at me. You know, the, the preacher shouldn't be about him. The, the the Your worship or praise team or whoever is singing your worship leader, it shouldn't be about them. Um, it should all be glorifying to God. But do you think we lost sight of this because we're so heavily programmed and and it's a show that do you think if we went back to basics the things that we now see as old school, right? You talked about Sunday school. If we went back to serious Sunday school, maybe a midweek service, a Sunday night service. If you think if we just went simple in the way it used to be, do you think that helps with discipleship? 
And this might be a whole other episode. Yeah, you know, no, we could definitely. There's an episode in this. Uh, short answer: yes and no. I mean, it's got to be done well. Sure, you can't just because otherwise you're trying to escape programs. But if you go about the basics, right? Ultimately, without really prayer and doing it to God, it's just another program for program's sake. Right? We're just going to be, oh, we're doing this old school program. But I think we've lost. I don't know. We've lost something. And granted, this is coming from a guy who me, I I, I was never a big Sunday school guy. Um, you know, I, I was more of the the simple is better, right? I I definitely spent a lot of time in the X29 world. And so a lot of it was, you know, we're we're just gonna be small group focused. And I, I'm still I I love small groups. I think small groups are important. Um, but I also think that I think this is why we have such bad theology that so- we've missed. We we've overprogrammed and we've not really taught theology. So so here's where I'm at. I have waxed and waned on programming uh, in every church that I've served in. Right? I've I've kind of evolved, if you will. That's a bad word when it comes to when it comes to Christianity. But I've evolved on my programming. Well, as long as you're not Darwinian, I'm not Darwinian. No, but I'm definitely evolving. So. And I, th- I think it depends on what you consider overprogrammed. Um, because so like I look at what we do at Macedonia. Okay. So we have Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night life groups, but then like those life groups, there's a, a kingdom kids for the for the kids, there's youth group and there's nursery. Sure. So there's for all ages. Uh, and then Wednesday night. There's this, it's, it, they used to do Awana, now it's bright. It's the same thing, just a different curriculum through the Awana program. Yeah. Um, I think it's called Bright. Um, my kids love it. Um, and then there's <clears throat> a youth service, and there is a, one adult, two adult Bible studies, if you would like. During the week, like midweek? Wednesday, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't think that's over-programmed. Um, and then, like once a month or once a quarter um kind of like at agape we had m&ms they call it sliders it's like a senior senior ministry they get together for dinner at the church once a month or once a quarter um and there are some other small things throughout the week sure and i think those things are important but i i I, I don't i wouldn't it i wouldn't say that's over programming um, and here, and here's where I'm at. If the programming has the gospel in it, and if the programming has the intentionalness of bringing glory to God, then I am all for it, right? But if we're sure. what we're doing. Um, at least in, in what I've seen and how it's run, like the Wednesday night program, like Turner and Mason, you know, they'll get in the car and I'm like, all right, what'd you talk about this week? Uh, and the last time we went, cause we had to miss a few because of some ice, um, you know, Hey, what'd y'all learn? And, oh, well, Jesus wasn't received well when he went home. And it's, you know, you know, Jesus said that, you know, there's no, you know, even, the, you know, it's it's hard for even the son of man to come home. And so I was able to have a full on conversation with Turner 
about what it looked like for Jesus to be like kind of shunned in his own town. Right. And so like for that, that's a win to me. Sure. Like, and, and, and I don't think those, I don't think programs by itself are, are bad. Like, I don't think those things are bad. I think that's so many times the church, when we have a problem or, you know, there's, there's a shortcoming somewhere, let's just do something like, let's put a program in. And I think about in Mark one, right. When Jesus is calling the first disciples, he, he just tells them, follow me. He doesn't say, believe in me. He says, follow me. He says, get out of the boat and follow me. And he doesn't say, I need to know what your theology is and how much scripture, you know, he just says, follow me. Right. Cause I think if we, if we stopped over-programming and focused on Jesus and made Jesus the epicenter, right. Made God gave all glory to God. Then, then when we follow Jesus, he, when we follow Jesus and we see Jesus, we become a believer. When we follow Jesus and we see Jesus, we learn about Jesus and we learn theology. Like, it seems like we put all these things, like you need to have all these hoops to jump through and all these things, and that's going to make you better. And, and true discipleship is just really, let's follow Jesus. And all the other stuff will come if you are truly following Jesus. Absolutely. And, and to go back to the programming side, so like that stuff, I'm all for it. Now, what I don't like is it's Tuesday. We want to get people in the building. All right, so we're going to have a Pilates class. And maybe that's what I'm thinking, right? You know, it's it's Pilates for Christ. Pulpit Pilates. Pulpit Pilates. And then it's Thursday, so we need to have men ages 32 to 33 only in this, like, we're going to lift weights and play dodgeball. Yeah. Um, although now that I've said that, if I could leave the lifting weights and just do dodgeball, I'm too old, but I would I would be in. Right. Instead of having a group of guys together, because, you know, men need to be men need to be reaching out to other men. This is this is a, you know, a pandemic across men through this country, particularly men around our age group. And and I think that if you had a thing with, hey, hey, men, let's just come together. You know, you're on your way to work five thirty on a Tuesday morning. Let's just come and pray for one another. You know, let's let's suss out what's going on in your life for a half an hour, or an hour you know, before you go to work. So we're not really taking you away from your family or, or making you come to church for another event. And I, I think almost, almost every church that I've been a part of at least. And I think a lot of churches have gone to like, you know, once a quarter, we're going to have a men's breakfast. Well, that's all fine and good. Those are good for what they are, but why can't on like one Friday a month, four or five guys like, all right, we're going to meet. Yeah. We're going to have breakfast, but let's just get together and pray. Mm -hmm. let's not do the showboat oh i'm going to church for this no let's get together at huddle house let's order and shout out friend of the show huddle house man i love me some i love me some waffle house but i i I have a secret bigger love for huddle house yeah so uh, as an atlanta braves fan like shout out waffle house but uh you know huddle house from atlanta too i yeah but you know there's the whole story behind that but I, my love for what there's so much nostalgia with the huddle house. Um, and so, and plus there's one like literally three minutes up the road from my house. So that's why I use that one. But why can't we meet at huddle house, get an omelet and then just pray like, Oh, you know, Chad, you've got this going on in your life. I see that you're struggling with that. Like 
let's just pray about it now. Or, oh, Andy, I see that you're, you know, you're, you've you've had this issue in the past. You're struggling with this and it's starting to, to rear its head. How can I, as a brother, help you de- deal with this? And I, I say stuff like that because I, I have in, in my past, like, let's get personal. Let's take, let's, let's pull back the curtain a little bit. In my past, I've dealt with depression, like to the point of almost catastrophe, right? And so at some point, and I do a really good job, just like most men do of like suppressing everything. And then something small happens and then we just snap, right? And like, the most minute thing can put us in a funk or a fit of rage and and how do we deal with that so oh andy i I see that you've dealt with this in the past and you know we've talked about this what can i do to to be there for you and so sure the men's breakfasts they do a lot of good they get us together right they get us out of the house we can check another box but why not take it a step further and go deeper in it? Yeah, and I, I think the I, I think you're absolutely right. And I think I know we've gotten off track a little bit on this, but I think the problem is I, I think, think we've programmed discipleship instead of truly discipling. Well, and I think we, you know, we have we have some friends that are their whole shtick is discipleship and they, you know, in their head, they have this 10 chapter book of this is how we make disciples. And this is what my dad said we do to make disciples. This is what his dad said. And how about we not pay attention to what they said? And let's look at what Jesus did to make disciples. Because I'm pretty sure if it was good enough for him, it's good enough for us. Sure. And so Amen. To make and- disciples, live life together. You get to know each other. And you work towards the glory of God together. Oh, that's a that's good radio, brother. That's a good segue because if it's good enough for Jesus and Jesus is showing glory to God, then we need to be showing glory to God alone. Every so often I find a nugget and just run with it. Well, Andy, I, I want to talk about this one verse, or it's I'm sorry, this one group of scripture. It's it's a group of verses um that Paul writes in Romans eleven. And at the end of Romans 11, um, I think that for a lot of us, we kind of miss this this grouping or, or the way it is that, that Paul's a songwriter and he writes a hymn at the close of, of Romans 11. And I think it's a, it's a hymn of praise. And I think it really kind of hits home to this, the, to the glory of God alone. And Paul writes, oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and of the knowledge of God. How unsearchable his judgments and untraceable his ways for who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counselor and who has ever given to God that he should be repaid for from him and through him and to him are all things to him be the glory forever. Amen. And I think Paul hits a home run with that as far as. Well, I mean, Paul's a, a multiple home run hitter, but Paul hits a home run with that um, in definitely uh, having this this hymn of praise that, that goes out and I think really touches on the glory to God alone. So if I can if I can take us back to a past episode real quick, uh, would you say Paul's batting cleanup in, in heaven's lineup? 
Paul's a three hitter. Paul's in the three hole. I can get he's chipper. I like it. I like it. Sorry. So Andy, I'm gonna I'm gonna culture us for a moment here on the on the hillbilly and the hipster. Do you uh do you know who Johann Sebastian Bach is? Was? Please, sir. I love me some Bach. Okay. So Bach Bach understood that that music music was a gift from God and that it was to be used for the glory of God. And he wrote a bunch of sacred music. And underneath all his compositions that he wrote of, of sacred church music, whatever you want to call it, Bach put the initials SDG, Soli Deo Gloria, because when you think about in Revelation 4, when when John, when John the Revelator, the Apostle John, saw the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever, right? They lay their crowns before the throne and say, you are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power, right? That Bach knew and understood that even the elders of heaven, just like John did, right? Even the elders of heaven, they don't keep their crowns. They give glory where glory is due to God alone. And so even after every one of his compositions that were sacred, Bach put SDG at the end of those, at the end of that sheet music. I did not know that. That's a good nugget to have. That's some Jeopardy level stuff right there. Done my homework. At least one of us has. I read the wrong verse. What a dork. No, that's that's good stuff, and it and it just goes to show like how far stretching the glory of God goes, right? When we can, when we can use classical music, and then we can also use two dudes talking in a huddle house, right? We can use classical music and two goobers who decided, hey, let's make a podcast. Right. The glory of God stretches over everything. Everything we do. Praise God. Me walking down the street, me and Cedar on a walk, or a, a doctor wife and Cedar on a walk should bring glory to God somehow. But the question is, Andy, is classical music playing at that huddle house where these two goobers are talking? No, that's a that's a that's a hard no, my friend. <laughs> The last time I was in that huddle house, I heard Alan Jackson, the Eagles, and some random like Michael Jackson song. That sounds like a huddle house soundtrack. I'm here for it. I'd listen to it again. Wendy, I've had a I've had a good time stepping through the five solos with you. No, yeah, no. So uh you know, we, we talked beforehand, and, and really this has opened my eyes to a lot of things. Like, I've known about the five solos for a hot minute, um, but never really thought much of them. Like, I was very much a surface-level five solos dude. But doing this dive in and, um, you know, having to relearn some things and look up some things, it's it's been fun. I mean, I've, I've we've had some laughs, but... It's also been pretty informative for me, at least, um, which is always good. You know, you always got to gotta learn. Amen. 
Well, Andy, you know, if you want to reach out to us, right, the our, our global audience. Global. Um, we are globified. You can reach out. You can reach us on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at HillHipsterPod. Or you can email us. Our email address is HillHipsterPod at gmail.com. Uh, what's the last word, brother? Look, in all that you do, in all that you are, make sure you're doing one thing, and that is bringing glory to God. Amen. Everything. When you kiss your kids at night to tell them good night, make sure that's glorifying to God. When you go to work tomorrow morning, for those of us who are going to work, myself, I'll be working from home. Uh, but when we go to work, make sure what you're doing is bringing glory to God. And that's really something that I've had to strive for considering the job that I'm in and the, the clientele that I work with and all that. Like, how is it that I'm going to treat these people so that they can see the glory of God and hopefully that can plant a seed in their life? And so that's what we need to be thinking every day with every action that we take. Amen. I think that's a solid last word, brother. That's what I'm here for. Well, again, if you want to connect with us, you can email us hillhipsterpod at gmail.com or you can reach out to us through Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at hillhipsterpod. And don't forget to check out the, the wonderful blacksmith merchandise at St. Galgano Armory. That's etsy.com slash shop slash St. Galgano Armory. Right, Andy, guys. I got to get the huddle house. I'll see you at the I'll see you at the house, my friend. I'll see you at the house. All right. Be blessed. Hey guys.